the Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, and you are on episode 25. What's going on, Mike? Congratulations, Kaz. Episode 25. It's been a, it's been a pleasure we, talking, we have talking done it. Watch Smack with you. <laughs> we, we, I mean, I would, if any of our listeners are like statisticians, stat, stat, uh, statist, uh, if any of our listeners are, are morticians <laughs> or statisticians or any kind of status morticians, um, if you can give us like a pie graph of like relative shit talking to actual watch talk, I'd be really interested to know that because I don't know how much, how much we've actually talked about watches. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful <laughs> what that is true. CKS Time did send us a, a, a vat of lube with the Orient logo on it. We were, we were just talking about that earlier. <laughs> and that still makes me giggle in the dark moments when I'm alone. I just think about that that vat of lube. <laughs> you um. You had a you had a near traumatic experience recently that you I had I had a yes, I experienced something this weekend that I've never experienced before and I've been I've been itching to tell people about it. Um do you want to do the risk check first or do you want me to talk about what happened to me this weekend? Let, let's let's hear let's hear your story. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. Okay. So so basically for the first time ever this past weekend Michael, I fainted. I've never fainted before. I've seen it on like television and I've heard of the word faint, but I've never actually um, like fainted before. And the first thing I want to do is lodge a complaint against television. Okay. Because fainting is nothing like what it is on television. <laughs> so, it's, so television, if, if you're listening, television. Mr. 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 <laughs> Matthias Television the third, if you're fucking listening, sir, I got a, I got a, I got a bone to pick with you about how you depict fainting. And the act of sex. Both I was really, <laughs> really let down by. All right. Well, um, I, th- I think I think I think you can blame uh, maybe a, a very popular uh, free video site for that. Maybe not television. Mr. But, uh, Mr. Mr. Cornelius Pornhub Jr. The fourth. I have a bone to pick with you. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, I, I fainted for the first time this weekend. It was intense. So basically, the headline is, uh, in the most manly way possible, I fainted because of my cat. Cat makes man faint. Um, so You won't believe what happens next. <laughs> yeah, you, you, won't believe, you won't believe what happened. Doctors hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my cats are rescues, and one of them is totally fine, and the other one's fine also, but the other one has had nightmares basically forever. And so I don't know if it's because uh, when we got them, they had like a really hard time before we rescued them. So I don't know if that's why she has nightmares or what, but she has like really bad nightmares. She'll like, she'll moan and she'll twitch and she'll like they, swap they have, in her sleep. They had like separation anxiety, right? Like if they were apart from each other. Yeah, they didn't, they were, they were born together, they're sisters, and then they didn't see each other for a month until we adopted both of them. Okay. You know? And so, um, and so, you know, usually she has a nightmare and it's not that bad, but this past weekend, um, I don't know what she was dreaming about, but it was pretty bad. So, uh, She's in my arms. I'm holding her in my arms. When she decides to have, I think the nightmares like evolved into night terrors. You know what I'm saying? 
It's just, it's just screaming El Diablo in a cold sweat in your sleep. El Diablo! So I'm holding the cat and she's having some sort of nightmare. It's like 3 in the morning and then I don't know what happens, but she basically in her sleep, so she wasn't awake, poor thing. In her sleep, she opens up all of her claws and basically just puts both of my arms through like a lawnmower. This is just, <laughs> there's scratches, there's rips, there's gouges, there's screaming. There's blood everywhere. I'm covered in blood. My laptop has got blood on it. My bed has blood on it. The cat probably got blood on it. I have no idea. And so I just basically start screaming. And and my fiance's Jason Bourne training kicks in. So she goes from like, <laughs> like, like zero, zero asleep to like 10 plus one DEFCON one situation. Like, let's fucking like, I've been preparing for casting and mauled to death by our fucking traumatized cat. Let's do this, <laughs> you know. And so, um, um, and so I'm like calm. I'm like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just a little scratch. I'm covered in blood. It's just a little scratch. That's cool. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go wipe it off in the bag. Like, are you sure? I want to come with you. I'm like, yeah, you can, you can, you can follow me if you want, babe. You're still cute. You're still cute, babe. And so I'm in the bathroom and I'm cool. All right. And I'm still. And I turn the faucet on. I'm rinsing the blood off. Cool. And then all of a sudden it gets weird. Um, all the little marks and gouge and scrapes and rips in my arm. All the blood when I washed it away was gone, but then all of a sudden, like, like, like magma, like magma ripping fissures through the earth, the blood just started gushing out of my arms again. Like, like all me, at the same time. All at the same time. <laughs> like me wiping it away was fucking laughable, and I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's uh, <laughs> there's probably better situations I could find myself in right now. A better situation would be the blowjob store, which I believe is a callback to an earlier episode. It was a very, very early episode. I think it was a long time ago I mentioned the blowjob store. And so blood is coming out of my arms. And, and, and my fiance, she's wiping, she's wiping the arms. And she's got this like neosporin. And she's talking. She's like, okay, blah, blah, blah. You got to keep your arms raised. You got to make sure you keep looking at me. You know, if you feel woozy, let me know. I want to get the neosporin. Hold this bandage, blah, blah, And she's talking. And then this is where I start to faint. So for anyone who's never fainted before, the best way I can describe it is my 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 spatial awareness, my sense of presence began to shrink. It be and so like if my spatial awareness emanates from my head, it began to recede into my head until it was about the size of a marble, to where I wasn't really aware of anything outside of my head that wasn't bigger than a marble. All the blood drained from my face. All the blood like left my stomach. I got super super nauseous. Everything slowed down. I tried to talk, but since there was no blood in my face, my lips were were numb. And my fiance is just saying all these fucking words. And I, the last thing I remember, <laughs> the, like the well, not the second last thing I remember saying was, "Oh, baby, I shut up for a second. I am straight up losing consciousness right now." <laughs> and she goes, "She goes, whoa, are you serious?" And the last thing I remember saying is, "Oh, this is happening." And then, <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> my knees gave out. My feet were planted, but my knees gave out, and I just like I just crumpled to the floor, like a like a like a robot that gets turned off. And like I remember, my back hit the door, and like the doorknob hit me, like where my tramp stamp would be if I had gotten a tramp stamp. You sure. know what I mean? And my fiance's Jason Bourne training was kicking in again, and so she was like holding me, and she like helped me down, and it was it was only for like a few seconds. I was like actually unconscious. But it was, bro, it was so fucked up. I've never experienced that. And I don't know if I want to experience it again. I'm sure I will. But I, I've i also, that was the first time I ever fainted at the sight of blood. 
Because I've heard people do that, and I've never done that before. I've I've bled before, but yeah. I guess I guess yeah, not in the it, wild. It happens. It happens a lot. Um, I don't know. I can't imagine working as like an EMT or something because the same thing will probably happen to me. Oh my god, I'd be the first guy crying. I'd be the <laughs> I'd be the first guy crying in the ambulance. Oh my god, is he gonna be okay? I don't know, man. Can you hand me the kit? Mm-mm, I'm not moving. So so we're. The important question: Were you wearing a watch when this happened? No, <laughs> I wasn't wearing a watch. It was. Ah, damn. It was. I know. It was three in the morning. When I go to sleep, I don't wear watches. You know. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm afraid of like, like throwing my arm like, like Goro from Mortal Kombat and just decking my fiance in the temple. Yeah, like, I'm that's super afraid of that happening. That 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 wouldn't be fun. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're okay now. I am um, okay. Um, she had like ripped some of the muscles in my hands, so I couldn't make a fist for a couple of days. <laughs> but right right now I seem to be okay. Um I don't really have any signs of infection. I don't know. But the whole ordeal has definitely affected my week and I'm I'm having a weird week. <laughs> well, um we're halfway so, through. We're halfway through. Watch <laughs> family. If any of you guys have ever fainted, were your experiences similar? Did you experience like the same like like loss of spatial awareness because that was like that was intense and like the wave of like nausea like i was talking to becky afterwards my fiance and she's like it sounded like you were going into shock i'm like i don't know it wasn't like television and also what's what's the best what's the best watch to wear uh during a cat tornado yeah when Uh, a when a when a cat nato busts into your apartment what is the best watch you need to be wearing hashtag cat NATO watch. Okay, that's really really important, guys. I, I I will. So the next time my cat has a fucking El Diablo night terror, I want to know what watch I should be wearing. Probably <laughs> probably the Stevrol Bronze Mori. That's that's probably that's a good one. Yeah, and it, it will patina nicely with the with the blood. Yes, as, well. as the as the caked blood begins to dry, it'll it'll patina and it'll be able to win the patina war that apparently is happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, with that, um, you want to get into the audio wrist check? Now we can talk about the audio wrist check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you go for it. I'm tired of hearing my voice. Yeah, so I, uh, my, my watch fast ended yesterday. The f- it's over. The war is over. He did it's, it. It's finally over. Um, it's been fun, guys and, <laughs> and girls. Yeah, no girls listen to us. I don't know if any. I mean, according to Instagram, I think five or six percent of our followers are females, but it's entirely possible those are sex bots. Well, no, no, I know one or two of our <laughs> followers are actual females who are watch collectors. They're super cool, but the other ones might just be sex bots. Sex bots, yeah. the best Instagram accounts. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, the watch fast is over. Uh, I wore the SKX. Uh, 175 for a month straight and it was cool um taught me a lot about what i like in a watch um taught me that i can't ever be the one watch guy which has been a topic that is i think plagued a lot of collectors uh at some point or another but um i'm really glad that i spent the time to appreciate such a um such an immortalized diver um, yeah, as the SKX. And um, it really wasn't bad other than other than the times where I'd kind of just like think about the watch box and feel like I just wanted to open it and stare. Mm-hmm. Um, it was good. <clears throat> um, 
like I said, it taught me a lot about what I like in watches. And um, I think the desire to own a lot of the timepieces, which would have been like a knee jerk sort of shoot from the hip purchase uh, is kind of gone. And um, you mean from Basel, like like a knee jerk purchase from Basel? Yeah, from Basel, or if like if there's a certain like hot Instagram watch happening right now, like you just, <laughs> I just I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think a lot of that has to do with kind of just being content with you know the one watch. Um, so it was, a lot, it was a lot. Do of you fun. think you could have? Do you think you could have watched fast with any other watch? Oh yeah, I think so. I might try it again actually. Um, I'm yeah. gonna reveal something. I'm I'm thinking about doing it too, actually. Oh, cool! This this will be fun. But I'm thinking about doing it with the Casio MDV one zero six diver. <laughs> oh, nice! I mean that that would that would be a great one. But my question is, am I allowed to change the straps? Because changing the straps makes it feel like a whole new watch, which might be cheating. I would say that's okay. I was just lazy, and I really like that, that stock. I like that stock Jubilee. So, watch family. Let me know what you think. If if Kaz, if I do a watch fast with the Casio MDV, super super sweet quartz diver. We've covered it on our. What the fuck was that? The watches under sixty five bucks or whatever episode. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. the one. Yeah, super super cool. Um, if I do the watch fast with the Casio MDV. Am I allowed to change the strap? Right now, it's on the stock rubber strap that it came with. And so, yeah. If I do it, give me an idea if that's allowed. I, w- I would say yes. Okay. But when... So, this morning when I when I thought to myself, okay, it's time. It's over. I, <laughs> it, it was kind of weird just like taking it off and putting it back on the pillow and whatever, putting it right. back in the box. And... um. I just threw on the uh, the old Vostok Amphibia you gave me. Oh, sweet! That that was <laughs> that was the watch to break the fast, and uh, been wearing it today. It's 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 really cool. Um, the very cool watch, and uh, it's got that quirky little issue with with the crown. Well, it's not even an issue. It's 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 a <laughs> it's a point it's a point of design. Um, but uh, before before I even um, took this one out of the box to to break <clears> the fast, <throat> I was looking at those newer models on uh, on Marinom.com. Oh yeah. Um, gosh, man, for like for sixty five bucks to just get something cool, I I, I might do it eventually. Um, I, I keep toying with the idea. In addition to that, he's got that GMT. Every now and then, they come up with the limited edition GMT. I think for like around a hundred bucks or under two hundred bucks. I think uh, I'm super sorry. I'm, you know, yeah, uh, uh, Ready About got one. Yeah, it looks almost uh, Doxa-ish in some yeah, ways. Yeah, it's got that because it's got it's got that case shape, man. You know. Yeah, yeah, but so this it, this is the watch I've been wearing, and um, so I how does it. it feel going from the SKX, which is a which is a pretty. I feel like it's. I feel like most Seiko cases and that SKX specifically, the zero zero nine, the one seven five, whatever the fuck it's called. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I think those cases are designed quite methodically. Yeah. I don't know if I can say the same for the Vostok Amphibia. The one that you have is from the '70s. It's like a rough, kind of rugged to no shape. How is it from wearing that methodically designed, comfortable case to the Amphibia? Uh, well, it's it's much lighter. Uh, I'm not sure if it's because the watch doesn't have a a 
a bracelet to go with it. It's just it's on the same NATO that that you um right um you gifted me. So my uh, understanding is that that watch specifically, or some of those watches in the beginning, came mm-hmm. on um on bun straps. You know those like those like bracelet straps. Oh okay. So I I I've I've kind of like been thinking about getting another another amphibie from the seventies and finding a cool bun strap to go with it. I I've been thinking about getting the um the famous uh, Sisu model because <laughs> it's oh, really... it, oh yeah the 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 the, the wheel the, the ship wheel yeah yeah that one's that one's pretty cool and I think Marinom yeah. sells uh, these rubber straps that go with them they're mm-hmm. pretty they look pretty sweet. But yep. no, in in comparison to the SKX, um, I would say it's just as just as comfortable because there is a curvature to the to the bottom of the case and there is. the um, it's it's like a completely lugless design. So it's it's a very compact, very lightweight, um, comfortable feeling watch. And I actually got it really wet today. Oh <laughs> no! It, it did oh, not. No. It did not melt. <laughs> oh thank so, God! Uh, what happened? Did, did you caught in rain? No, it was nothing adventurous like that. I washed a, I washed a spoon in in my sink, and and when oh, did the spoon curvature fuck you? The curve of the spoon? Yeah, when you oh. wash a spoon, just just one spoon, it's it's like a hurricane in my Dude, kitchen. There is no surefire way for me to give myself like a dishwater fucking enema than to wash <laughs> a single fucking spoon because that water is gonna go wherever it wants to go like a fucking water dragon and i'm gonna have no say i'm gonna have no physics will have no say in where that fucking water goes when you clean a single spoon like I, if you if you come to our apartment now my sink is full of spoons because i refuse to clean them. <laughs> you're too scared I, I clean everything else but the, the the sink is just full of spoons and becky's like why don't we just wash the spoons my babe i want to talk about it all right like i fucking i don't want to talk about it we'll put them in the dishwasher or we'll throw them out that's the rule you know? so that that was that was the element of adventure that i put the watch <laughs> through today I, I washed a spoon and it got kind of wet um yeah my ceiling is still wet so <laughs> but yeah that's that's the watch man and i'm 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 happy to to wear other things now so um it's a great watch pretty, i got i, I, I gotta get on one that. more you have to get right. another vostok i got i really want to i want to get another one of those it, it's if not, i can it's not that big of uh not that big of a hit if you get one new yeah, one like, or an old one now like, what what I wanted to ask you before we go on to before we go on to your watch, um, these new ones, these these modern ones that they sell, mm-hmm. would you say that they're kind of like as durable as something like an SKX? It's hard to say because it comes down really to quality control, and the Seiko quality control has much more of like a trusted legacy than Vostok, just because Vostok's ownership has changed so many times. You know what I'm saying? Um, I mean, I'm I'm not talking about diving or anything like that. And, and Seiko does have its issues um, mm-hmm. in terms of QC. But you know, as like as like a watch to take hiking or on vacation or like to the beach, even oh, you'll um, be fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not gonna it's not gonna like fall apart. No, it's 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 a it's supposed to be a tough watch. That's what it's always designed to be, you know to be. You know what I mean? The um, they still have those acrylics at the same thickness, super thick. Mm-hmm. Um, the movement is still solid. I think they've added um, an automatic rotor kind of to it, but it's still that basic 2209, which is basically idiot proof. I mean, you could take a dump in that thing and it's still going to run. You know what I mean? So the thing is still designed really, really well. I was reading I was reading a story on a thread, I think on Watch watch You Seek, Watch I Seek, what the fuck's it called? I don't go on the internet anymore. <laughs> okay. 
what's it is it watch you it's, it's watch you seek right yeah yeah that one <laughs> yeah this guy's like oh yeah i needed a watch to like you know to use at my job as like an underwater welder and so i don't want to break the bank and i saw this vostok on like amazon or on ebay for like 50 bucks and he bought that and he uses that for work and so i oh. mean Okay, interesting. You can. It's definitely still a durable watch. And bro, at the end of the day, if something happens and it breaks, it's like a sixty dollars watch, dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You no, know? they're 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 fun. I mean, maybe maybe a modern one would be pretty cool. I think. Mm-hmm. There's some really cool ones. There's um. <clears throat> so the different. My favorite. My personal favorite are the four two zero cases. Those are the ones with like the bezel that has like the circles on it. It's very like a. It's a very circular case with these like you know little little lugs. Then each of those has like a different sort of like, you know, wing of the military stamp on it and everything like that. So, you know, Scuba mm-hmm. Dude is obviously like you know, diving and Navy and like um, the ship's wheel, I think, is also Navy. There's an Air Force one. And the one that I think is really, really cool just because the color is like the paratrooper one. It's like this kind of cool emerald green. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. That that color is like it's nothing cool. else. It's got like yeah. a parachute with like some planes on either side. It's pretty yeah. awesome. It is super, super cool. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, that's that's that that from those vintage ones to the new ones, man, they're just cool watches. And I, I I'm super happy to see Ready About got one. I love seeing every time uh, BHR watches or BRH watches. I'm sorry, dude, my, my dyslexia always kicks in on your name and fucking EA8's name. Like I just, <laughs> I get I get one syllable in and I just I just panic and I don't know what to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's that's what I'm wearing. How about you? Um, I'm going with the chicken sandwich watch, man. It's been a weird week. It's been a weird day. I've been wearing the Collinsville Nautilus and Sinister Blue on the leather strap it came with for about two days now. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, because I've been, I've been staying up like super late working on the site, and then I have to wake up early um, to like not wash all these spoons in my sink and to work on the site. And so for some reason, like little like little decisions, which are obviously choosing a watch is not a real decision, but like decisions that take me a few seconds to make like i just i just can't make them i just i can't choose and so i'm like i'm just gonna i'm just gonna wear the nautilus because i know i can wear it to work it's gonna be cool i can rely on it i don't have to worry about winding it i can just look down and know what time it is and still really really admire that dial <clears throat> so that's that's what i'm wearing right now nothing uh, nothing new although um i posted a seamaster my, my seamaster 30 the other day and um I want to wear that watch again, but I got to get it serviced. That's funny that you say that about the Collinsville because um, my wife, Nor, also has a Nautilus. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been really busy this past week. And even though she has, um, so she's got like a 50s Oyster Perpetual, like just like super old on like a canvas strap. Um, and she goes she goes for the Collinsville for the same reason cuz yeah, she's she's not really comfortable like winding a watch or setting it or anything like that so um she just goes for the Collinsville and she she loves that thing man yeah it's it's super cool i mean i'll i'll, I'll never stop singing this watch's praise you know and yeah. um when the site launches there's going to be a review of the limited edition Collinsville Core 2 up there and i'm working on now doing a review for the uh for this Nautilus because the Collinsville limited edition and I don't know if Frank's going to make those again but the Nautilus from what I understand um, I think it's in continuous production although the the size might be different now I know I, I, I gotta double check Frank uh, correct us if, if we're wrong on that but um 
But yeah, no, that's wearing, what I'm wearing right now. <clears throat> I'm super happy to hear your wife digs hers, man. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, my fiance has worn hers because she has one as well. She's worn hers a few times and she, she likes it. She thinks it's also really, really fun to wear, like, like for us to have similar watches to wear out sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So there's that, like, factor to it as well. When she's not, you know, relying on her Jason Bourne skills to save my bleeding ass in the bathroom, she likes to <laughs> wear matching cute clothing with me. <laughs> Very cool. But yeah, that's that's what I'm wearing. So yeah, and and just so on the audio risk check topic, like super huge thanks to everyone that's that's tagged us in their photos and used the two book watch knobs hashtag. It's been really really cool. Some of you guys have done like some really really fun shots. Um, keep doing it. We're gonna keep choosing three people every Sunday and repost you guys and just give you props. Again, if you're listening to the show and if you have an Instagram but you've never taken a picture of a watch or anything like that, dude or dudette, madam totally go for it it's just it's supposed to be fun like it's not supposed to be like this thing where like you're being like judged or whatever or like oh i don't know people are gonna say like fuck what people say just take cool pictures of your watch pictures that you that 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 you think are cool so that's 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 my plea to everyone because we you know because we love getting emails from everybody you know what better thing other to get than really cool wrist shots so tag us in your shots use the two broke watch knobs hashtag it's just hashtag two broke watch knobs mm-hmm. and definitely keep it up. It's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah. There's a, I'm, I'm looking at the, um, I just pulled up the hashtag. Now there's like 245 posts. So that's pretty fun. How cool is that dude? How cool um, is that? Oh man. There's, there's a Zen Flieger here. Three, five, six. It's pretty awesome. Who's, whose watch is that? Man, this is a name that I'm going to mess up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like Mac Mac underscore Domph. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, dude? <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't know how to say your your thing, but uh, that, that's a cool zin you have there. Hell yeah, dude! Shout uh, out to 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 Mac Mac Dump Five Million. I don't know. I know who, I know who he is, but I can't say it. I can't. Can you guys have like normal Instagram names? Can everyone be <laughs> can everyone be named like Steve zero zero one, and then sequential numbers for whatever number you are in the Instagram line? So if we could just have fifteen hundred listeners all named Steve, that would be fantastic. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I, I kid, I kid. Everyone, I love all you guys. You guys are the best. <laughs> so we're going to we're gonna be experimenting with something new today. It's This uh, is a, a new segment. Yeah. A new should, segment that was, I'm sorry? Should we go into it now? I yeah, I do. I mean, what, what else? a good time. What else is, I mean, I can talk about fainting some more, but I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped to talk about this because this segment was inspired by, by you guys and by reading the comments and reading your emails and just kind of getting an idea of what you like hearing from us, we are debuting a new segment today called Watch Brands We Know Nothing About. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So basically the way it works is Michael and I, <clears throat> we pick a watch brand that neither of us really know nothing about, in which we assume the watch family doesn't really know too much about. And we spend a few days researching it. We email back and forth on it. We text. We kind of get an idea of what's going on. We... And then we come on the show and we just talk about what we learned about that watch brand, about its history, where it's been, what they're doing, what they used to do, people's impression of them. And so we thought it would just be a lot of fun. Oh, I got to move my chair. We thought it would be a lot of fun for all of us to sort of explore the topic of a watch brand that we knew nothing about together. So this is the first segment of watch brands we know nothing about. And Michael, what's the first watch brand of the cool new segment? <laughs> So the the brand we're we're taking a look at today is uh, Rado, 
Lucky and Rado. Kaz and I think we're saying it right. Um, <laughs> if we're not too bad, it's it's Rado from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think we both we both kind of had fun um, looking into this one from from what I gather. Um, it's a Swiss brand that probably went under. Uh, you know, quartz crisis time, and uh, currently they they live under the Swatch Group umbrella. Correct. And um, so for folks of, who might not, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I I figured out that I didn't know was was a thing. Um, they're really into <clears throat> kind of working with space age materials, um, crazy like material finishing, and um, mm-hmm. using that in their watches. So that was pretty cool. It's interesting. I'm going to talk about that, but just for uh, listeners who might not know what the quartz crisis is, because Michael, what I'm discovering is we have a lot of folks who who listen to the show and they're like just staring out as watch collectors, which I think is fucking awesome. I think if you have if you have that like bug, if you have that little like the little seed of of watch passion in you, like it's totally worth flourishing because it's just a really really fun form of expression in a world where I think people are running out of forms of like authentic expression. So. What? If you're listening, I'm sorry, and they're listening to us, and they're listening to us, <laughs> turn, turn back, man. We're, we're gonna mess you up. <laughs> we are not gonna mess you up. We are gonna have you talking about Seikos and genitals and fucking no time flat. All right, you will be able to swing dick talk with the dickiest of them. All right, the Quartz Crisis is basically what happened in uh, what was it, 61, 62, 69? What was it? I believe it was much later. So like late seventies, early late seventies. Yeah. But basically what happened was until the late 70s, watches were all mechanical. So they had gears in them, you had to wind them, or they had an automatic rotor and you just move it around and it winded itself. At the time, several companies were actually trying to do what is called a quartz movement, which is basically a battery watch. But the first company that did it was Seiko. And so Seiko came out with their quartz watch, the name which completely eludes me because I know nothing about watches, Michael, as we've discussed. It, and it, then, was, it was the Astron. The yeah. astro motherfuckers, yeah. and it, it costed it costed about the same that you'd pay for like a Honda Civic when it came out. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So that watch came out, and then basically what happened was the technology to create a quartz watch was, as time went on, people discovered was less expensive, more accurate, and they were able to make watches more available to the everyday consumer. And so back then, when you bought a watch, you bought a watch because you needed that motherfucker to sell time. You couldn't look at your fucking stove, or you couldn't look at the news, and you couldn't look at your cell phone in no time. You had to look, actually look at your fucking watch. So, like, everyone had a fucking watch. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The thing is, the second quartz came out, and that technology was known, and that technology was available, and it became cheap to reproduce, people just started buying quartz watches. So a lot of these legacy companies... Most of them Swiss that were making mechanical watches just were just devastated. No one was buying mechanical watches anymore. And so they call it the Quartz Crisis. And so one famous company, which is the Swatch Group, bought up a fuck ton of these companies as they started going under. And one of them was Rado. Yeah. Yeah, and also I, I think it's worth noting that when Quartz came out, it was almost like a luxury to not have to wind your watch or yeah. worry about your watch, you know, running out of juice. So uh, that was, I think that might have been the biggest, the biggest factor besides the reliability and the accessibility. That you're, that to- was, you're totally right. It was luxury, you know. Yeah. You could take it off, put it in your nightstand, maybe go on a long weekend and like not put the watch on, and you wouldn't have to wind it. It would still be 
perfectly accurate. Yeah. So. But uh, this this brand Rado, I was younger than I thought it was. They they were founded in 1917. Um, Swiss brand. Um, the the name of the factory I can't say. Do you know how to say it? It's like Schloop and Co. Schloopy Schloopy and Co. Can can we get the Swedish uh, chef to to get clarify? That is not appropriate if we can do that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, uh, but yeah, it's it seemed to have been started by two brothers. It is actually from uh, you know Switzerland. It is actually a legacy Swiss brand. And um, do you have an impression of what they started making first? Like, were they just making pocket watches first, or what were they doing? Because because obviously, obviously they're making mechanical watches, but like I don't know if they're making like you know wrist watches or pocket watches or what. Do we have any idea of that or not really? I'm really not sure. I know that during the late '50s, what I found, um, they were they were doing watches. I'm not sure what they what they started with, but. In the fifties, the big thing was water resistance. That's when we yep. that's when when we found or saw all the the big dive dive watches come out, and water resistance was everything. And um, and they were they were doing it too. But um, it's a little hazy in terms of of what I found. Uh, c- kind of like the you know the biggest marker in their history is the introduction of the Diastar. Yeah, and. Um, I think it kind of it kind of started their their journey of uh, like material development and material integration and kind of figuring out how to make a watch uh, as durable as it could be, um, and they uh, they marketed it as the world's first scratch-proof watch. Um, I don't know right. if, if you saw that too. I saw that. Well, you know, it's funny when I was first doing all the research in, in Rado, I didn't tell you because I wanted to do it. I wanted to reveal it on air, but. Uh-huh. What it ha- what had happened was I'm like researching and I'm like man like something something awful must have happened because Michael my dyslexia kicked in on Die Star and I thought I was seeing hundreds of pages about the Rado disaster <laughs> and I'm like what what happened did the factory burn down like like what like what is the Rado disaster you know what I'm saying yeah. Yeah, but it's it's cool. I think it's it's definitely one of those vintage watches that might not necessarily get the attention that it, it, it deserves. I mean, obviously it's it's so it's scratch resist- resistant because of the creation process. Now you you were saying uh, I, I skimmed it, but you I, I hope I hope you read it. Jack Forrester on Hodinkee wrote an article about when they first created this, right? Yeah, I'm not sure if it was when they first created it, but it's it's definitely taking a look at the reissue. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, maybe the manufacturing process is the same, so it's like powdered tungsten carbide, um, right? That's pressed at like a thousand atmospheres in a vacuum, um, and I guess what results is a very durable material uh, for a watch. And um, I mean, it's kind of funny to say that a watch will be scratch proof. I guess that's something that <laughs> people really cared about back then. Um, yeah, dude. You know, it would in the yeah. it would be interesting to test, um, but that that was that was the big focus with the with the Diastar and like today, if you go to Rado's website, uh, I think the collection is called the original collection, mm-hmm. um, and it's all these Diastars. It's like like thirty of them, <laughs> and it's so I think like quartz, I think women's models, gold, stainless steel, precious metals, diamonds, chronographs. 
time only. I, it's I think what you can see in this die star also is like one of the earlier kind of iterances of what people kind of sort of expect to see from Rado now, and that's sort of out of the box, non traditional case shapes designs. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because this case shape, the best way I can describe it, it looks like Darth Helmet from fucking Spaceballs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what also reminds me of the Vostok I'm wearing now. It's like a, a very pronounced uh, barrel oh, yeah. kind of shape. Yeah, um, I see that. But yes, I, I like the Dark Helmet connection. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it, looks, what it looks like, man. Or yeah, Dark Helmet, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know anything. But so yeah, it, it's, most of it's, them are gold, too. Really? Even I, the early ones are gold. I, I think I think the most famous early models were actually all gold. Wow, um, weird. I'm weird, not sure weird, if they were gold plated or, or anything like that, but um, I mean, well, they're they're, they're probably gold plated because they're all probably that 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 tungsten stuff. If it's supposed oh, to be scratch, yeah. if it's supposed to be scratch resistant, gold's a really shitty option. That's true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah, but, but I I had no clue. I had no clue they made so many of these today. Well, here's what's interesting to me. Do you know what movement is in there? Because I, I know now what their whole movement issue is, but like back then, pre-Swatch, I could not really find anything on what movements they were using. Hmm. Is like is there supposed to be like an in-house movement in there? You think it's like some like a like a private label third party uh, movement? I have no clue. This is a brand we know nothing about. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys are hearing this in the raw. <laughs> yeah, so it would be um, interesting if anyone knows. Well, the thing is, I, I mean, I don't know because I didn't, I couldn't find anything. I just, I just, I, I, you know, there wasn't all the information was just about the construction of the case and the unique shape and how it's like a really cool, like vintage watch option because, um, obviously, post swatch, they all use Edos now. Yeah, it has to be, you um, know, and with that in mind, um, they have the MSRP on their site. And even the three-handers are pretty, you know, some of them are pretty expensive for, for the movements they have in there. Like, that's what is, everyone's uh, bothered by, dude. That's what that's what's so weird about the brand is their price so weird because it's edit movements and they're basically not uh, modified in any way. Like it's just straight, from what I understand, straight stock edit movements, but they're like, like what, $2,000, $3,000 watches? Yeah, sometimes. I'm looking at one of the most basic three-hand models right now and the... MSRP is 1150 um, and you know this is 38 millimeter uh, just time only watch and I think um, yeah probably some kind of 28 24 in there the, the thing is also from what I was understanding is they charge those watches are expensive and a lot of them are also quartz movements which people are sort of weird about you know yeah so I I, I think whatever kind of humble actual like watch beginnings the company had sort of got weird mm -hmm. post swatch because what seems to have happened with a lot of the swatch brands is that they buy these all the different brands and they basically niche those brands into different kind of watch collecting verticals you know and so from what i'm able to see these days rado is is i don't want to say it's a fashion like a fashion brand but they very much just yes. design these pieces to just I think like their like their ladies, their women's watches are huge. So a lot of them are like <clears throat> like like smaller and they feel like they're just kind of jewelry, jewelry pieces. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, you, you got into kind of what what um I wanted to start talking about because I you know, like I said, I don't know anything about them, but 
sort of the first impression that I get looking at their catalog today is that aside from the use of ceramic or hardened like tungsten carbide or you know any kind of space age materials the designs for the most part are kind of fashiony um, sure and I know I know that some people some people will buy that no matter what this isn't mm-hmm. exactly like a a Macy's watch or a JC Penny watch I don't think you'll you'll find it there but right. they do they do have that same kind of like department store like fashion watch feel and that's why when that when that Captain Cook diver was announced at Basel I was like it was awesome where the hell did that come from yeah um so yeah I no I, was, I, I, was I agree a, that I agree. was a smart choice I think what's also really incredible so the Captain Cook that Mike's talking about is it's a it's a excuse me first of all it's an incredible name. It is an incredible, like the, the captain, the <laughs> Captain Cook diver. <laughs> incredible. It's it's like a hardcore vintage diver throwback. You yeah. know what I mean? It's really, really beautiful. We'll put up a link in the show notes. Um, definitely, definitely Google it, check it out. Also, if you're able to right now, don't, don't do it in traffic. Um, but what I think is also really cool is that is a very simple, straightforward watch. And I think what had happened was post swatch rado just all these watches i think they tried sort of replicating that like initial sort of like boom they had with that dive star and that really unique shape and they ended up just over designing watches a lot of the watches that they're making like the past few years are just super over designed like they're just like a touch off the mark of looking cool in my opinion you know yeah besides besides being fashiony i think um have you seen that Movado museum watch? Oh, the museum dial? Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. So like that's that's a watch that is fashiony in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But I'd wear it. Um Yeah. These, I think he has one. Oh, cool. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. So these these some of these Rados have that same kind of feel, but um I feel like a lot of them really missed the mark. Um Exactly. I, I think I didn't know they made so many of the Diastar reissues. Some of those look look really cool today and and uh stay true to the original. Mm-hmm. Uh one one thing that I can really appreciate is that they integrated uh, a day date function at six o'clock. I don't know if you saw those. So it's like a vertical That's day badass. date. Um so that was that was done really well. Did you catch the um the D Star two hundred diver by any chance? Oh no. Let me Google that. Is that new or old? I think it's old, um, and I can't I can't find it in their catalog today. So it's um, it's a modern looking diver, um, contemporary size, forty two millimeters, um, two hundred meter dive watch, and I think it's around eleven twelve hundred dollars. Blue dial. Uh, this, really, this thing this thing is pretty cool actually. Really handsome. Looks like a very very slim dive watch as well. It doesn't look like a Rado. It doesn't look like a Rado, yeah. So, I mean, but at the same time, it's a, it's a dive watch that doesn't seem derivative of something like a sub or anything like that. I think it has like a little Cyclops, but it's not really Rolex. Yeah, it's got, it's got a little a little Cyclops. It's it, it's interesting. I think it's one of those things where it's just like if you have this formula of of over design, and if you over design a hundred things. Two or three of them are going to be cool, but you'll have 97 clunkers. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I, I think that's what's happening with I, this D star. They make they make way too many watches, and we we see a yeah. lot of brands. We see a lot of brands do that. They make way too many watches. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's also a result of them being kind of forced into this fashion watch vertical by the Swatch Group, in that on paper. The more shit you throw at the wall, the more is going to stick no matter how much falls off. You know what I'm saying? So in their brains, the more watches that they offer, the more watches they sell, the more demographics they can target and the more they can actually improve their 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 kind of business profile. And so it's it's kind of sad to see a brand being forced into a niche like that, although it's possible we might see a shift away just with that Captain Cook because that thing is amazing. It's just so fucking cool. And this D-Star 200, I, I, I did not see this. This thing is badass. Well, the, um, so that Captain Cook diver, it's, once again, it's not on the catalog yet. No, um, that was, yeah, that, that was at Basel, if we didn't say that before. Uh, but it's part, it's going to be part of the Hyperchrome series. And that, that series has two, two really interesting watches. One is the Hyperchrome Chronograph. Um, okay. It is very nice, but it's a little too big for my taste. I think it's like a 45. Um, and there's another one that's the Hyperchrome three-hander. Which, is, it, is it the 1616? Because I'm looking at that right now. I was looking at it earlier today. Uh, 1616, is that like the reference number? Uh, yeah, so if you type in Hyperchrome 1616, you'll see it. It's got a day-date window at 6 o'clock, a vertical. No, the one I'm looking at has a date at three o'clock. Oh, okay. We're, and it comes. It's just like, I think the, um, I think the case might be made of something crazy as well. But it just comes on a gray NATO strap, and it's just like time only. But it's super expensive again. It's like almost three thousand dollars. <laughs> what? See, it's that's the, it's the hyper. Crazy. I'm sorry. It's the hyperchrome ultralight three hand. Okay. Okay. That's the I think that's the biggest discrepancy because everything I was looking at my research like you read and you do objective assessments you're like yeah that could be a cool watch three thousand dollars fuck my mouth that is ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah that's that that secondhand Pelagos territory and that's fucking extremely difficult to compete with in my opinion oh yeah <laughs> it's even it's even potentially spring drive money you know yeah. what I mean yeah no this one is limited to five hundred pieces. Um, yeah, fuck that, dude. And I think it's I think it's some type of aluminum, even. So, I I, I will I will credit them there for working with, you know, maybe uncommon materials. I don't well, think it's something... I don't think many people use aluminum in their cases. No, but I feel like they've been riding that horse for years, and it's cool in the same ironic way the Delorean is cool. It's like, yeah, Grandpa, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen Delorean. Oh, it's 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 aluminum now. I, I know I know it's aluminum, Grandpa. Um, that's that's cool. So can we go home? On that you know subject, I don't know if I told you there was there was a Delorean meetup in Seattle <laughs> a few weeks ago. I did not know that. And it was it was right under the needle, as touristy as that can get. <laughs> um, <laughs> and there's a restaurant that we really like around there. So we were we we're just walking around and like, dude. For maybe like four blocks or something, it was just DeLoreans lined Jesus. up. Jesus, I have a question. How many Marty McFly costumes did you see? I didn't see any. Thankfully, what? I didn't see you know, like the orange like vest kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, dude, my 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 <laughs> my brother went as Marty McFly once to to Halloween, and I can only imagine how ridiculous he looked because 
he's brown and I'm brown. And I'm like, you're just a brown asshole. It looks that's just, you're just a brown asshole dressed like a lumberjack. No one knows who you're dressed as. That's crazy. You didn't see any any Marty McFly's over there. No, wow. no. I, surpri- I think it probably was mostly uh, a lot of dudes that maybe are retired now and have have the cash to either restore sure. one or pay for a custom one and maybe spend a weekend out in Seattle at some some meetup. <laughs> it was. I get what you're saying. I I get the connection between. It's, it was it was it might have been cool a long time ago but now it's just like bro like like you can't just ride that oh we use space age technology so does my fucking stove you know what i mean like like it's not <laughs> it's not that big of a deal to me anymore like yeah. what i really want to see is something authentic and really kind of that's like the actual execution of a vid- of a vision not a gimmick and i really feel like that's what this captain cook was man that thing is super cool it took yeah. it must have taken balls to walk into the Rado boardroom from the 80s even though it's today and just be like all right guys listen i want to make a fucking dive watch that that looks like it's 60 years old you know what i mean yeah i mean well the materials thing is a big part of their history so i I think that that's not going to go away but um you know that that captain cook is besides something like the 62 mas from Seiko, I think it was the probably oh. the most the, the most faithful um, dive watch reissue that we saw at Basel, which um, is surprising to see from a brand like Rado. Yeah, at thir- 37, 37 millimeters, and it's funny if you Man. read if you read the marketing materials, they use words like dainty and feminine to try mm-hmm. to uh, market this uh, to um, to a female demographic as well. So, but I, I think it's funny because I'd wear a 37 millimeter diver so all day. So hold, hold on. Is this, is this another one of those instances where if you over-design, overthink something a hundred times, a couple of times, it'll be good? Did they just try and design a dive watch for the female audience and inadvertently design an incredible vintage dive watch? Is that like what happened? I'm really not sure. I, I think <laughs> this is something I've seen in press releases. Brands will... Um, I think IWC is a big is kind of guilty here because uh, they came out with this was the year of their Da Vinci models um, and some of them are like around like 38 or 36 or something like that. Thousand or millimeters? Uh, millimeters. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, like those those are sizes that I would wear. But they they do this weird thing where they try to use these certain terms um, to position the watch um, to appeal to a female demographic as well. Um, is um, is IWC Richemont or are they independent? They are Richemont. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Um, pretty sure they're Richemont. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's something that I found on the Rado site. Because <laughs> I, I, I think if you go on... Um, like I said, it's not in the catalog yet, but the press release is on the actual site, and um, I can pull up the language. Uh, but I just thought it was hilarious because I, that that's that's what they were sized at, you know. Um, so funny, dude. Even some of the very early Submariners were were under forty millimeters. Of course, but the thing is, what Rado did make sense because if they're primarily targeting with previous models, uh, female uh, female demographic. 
it's sort of strange and incongruous to make like a hardcore classic men's diver. I think they just tried to make like some sort of weird female diver and ended up just being an awesome vintage dive watch. That would be funny, but I think there <laughs> I think aside from the thirty seven millimeter model, <clears throat> there is a dedicated women's model, which is like I think it's a white really? dial with like diamond indices and a um, like a shark mesh bracelet <laughs> of all things. What the fuck? <laughs> so um yeah. If I if I designed a watch in, in drunk in the dark, you know what I mean? <laughs> Dude, I want it to have diamond indices. I want it to have a bi-directional jewel encrusted bezel, white on a fucking mesh strap. <laughs> Mr. Cass, that's not possible. Do it, goddammit. Yeah, two 37 millimeter models steal the spotlight with distinct masculine and feminine looks. <laughs> Watch family, never read press releases. If you see a watch and you like the watch, don't read the press release because I'm pretty sure you'll just insta just hate the shit out of it. There, there is no system of checks and balances <laughs> when it comes to the language that goes into a press release for a watch. <laughs> it, it's, I just think it's, I just think it's sad with Rado specifically because it seems like there are like glimmers of greatness where. I could really be on board for something and then there'll yeah. be something which will derail me or it'll just be priced ridiculously. Although I do want to mention one of the more interesting things is Rado. It sort of follows, I, I, in my opinion, Mike, you correct me if I'm wrong because this is just in my research. It seems to follow the Invicta price model. <laughs> Possibly. In that you will see these things on like Ashford and Joma shop, like super, super reduced. Oh, I, I haven't even looked at Joma Shop. I'm pretty sure they're on Joma Shop, but they're on Ashford. They're on a whole there's a huge, huge gray market. Uh, uh, <laughs> Whoa, uh, this one's this one's three hundred twenty dollars. <laughs> that looks like the thousand dollar one. Okay, right? I, Isn't it weird? So I'd be interested. So, so Michael, if that thirty-seven millimeter diver <clears throat> at MSRP thirty-three hundred shows up for like four hundred bucks, I'll buy it. <laughs> no, I mean, I no MSRP on that one. I think is eighteen hundred. Um, oh my fuck! Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's 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 the price. Oh my god, that's incredible. Yeah. So wow. yeah, I mean, it's once again, it's not cheap. No, um, but that's that's if you're if if you are looking for a watch purchase and you're sort of disenchanted by everything that's around you, it's these kinds of brands which you really have to kind of look at because looking at brands you're not familiar with helps you kind of evolve as a collector and really kind of form your or logical perspective so to speak so an instance like that where if you want to buy a watch and you have a budget and you see a really cool 37 millimeter dive watch that's like authentic to what a vintage dive watch is and it's 1800 bucks right and that's if that's msrp and if we're seeing shit super drastically reduced on gray on gray market that's that's pretty cool, man. Let's see what happens. Yeah, Interesting. In in the same kind of area, the D Star Two Hundred, uh, which mm -hmm. is more of a modern dive watch. I I think its best feature is how thin it looks. Um, mm. Is around like thirteen hundred. Uh, wow. And bear in mind that the Captain Cook, I think, is also a limited edition of I don't know how many pieces. Four four billion. 1962 so probably probably the year that it was introduced oh 1962 yeah yeah, yeah. if yeah. i was a crazy like rich eccentric like person i would start a watch brand and i would make a limited edition watch 
of six billion pieces so everyone on earth could have one <laughs> but it's still limited edition <laughs> it's still we only made six billion people all right <laughs> can, can you at least make the watch edible for <laughs> the massive portion of the earth that doesn't need a watch but no maybe needs no like a children and children in nicaragua need to know how long they've gone without a meal Okay, so that's just gonna have a fucking chronograph on it. They can time they can time their hunger in forty five minute increments. You know what I'm saying? This show is getting very awful very quickly. What? No, well, I'm trying something nice. I want to bring watches to the world. Why is that bad? Am I a Bond villain? I feel like that's something a Bond villain would do. It is is your cat uh, white and fluffy? No, like, she's a she's a calico. She's a little torty calico. <laughs> but I am covered in scars, so I'm one step closer to being a Bond villain. I just, I just need like I need like a limp and like a Serbian accent and like the the gray Velcro suit, like some something Bruno would wear. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, da Bruno. Yeah, man. <laughs> Craziness, um, but it's just I I want to like the brand. So so here's the thing. I think it's one of those. This is one of those brands where you see the watch and you. It's designed to a point where you immediately latch onto it or you're just super like, ugh. Like, it's not one of those... They don't really have any middle ground pieces. Like, you're going to Google this dive star and you're going to be like, that's actually kind of cool. You're going to be like, why would I put this fucking Transformer nipple on my wrist? You know what I mean? It's, I feel I feel like it's one of those super dividing brands. Does, does that make sense, Michael? Well, yes. But I want you to think of this for a second. Okay. I want you to think of the last person in the whole world that would ever wear a gold watch. Okay? And then I want you to think of me. Because I go way beyond that last person in terms yeah. of never wearing a gold watch. <laughs> Super anti-gold watch. <laughs> but, but, I think one of those diastars, no date, time only, super like funky, like barrel shaped case in gold might be kind of cool if I was a dictator of my own country. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that thing would actually be killer on like a NATO. The gold one? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that would like dress it up. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean dress it down. That, that's like, that's like new territory, man. A gold watch on a NATO. Has no one ever done that? I haven't seen that. I feel, I feel like I've seen like really, oh no, maybe you're right. I was gonna say I think I've seen like 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 fluted coin bezeled day dates, Rolex day dates or date just on NATOs, but those aren't gold. Those are usually like Yeah, but they've been chewed on steel. by like a fat baby for the <laughs> That is I do I just want everyone to know probably the most um what I have found in my research effective way to authentically patina a piece is to have a fat fucking baby just chew on it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just 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 gummy, spitty, chewy baby. No one on your watch, <laughs> but yeah, those yeah those those dia stars look look pretty cool e- even in gold. But it is a very polarizing design, I'd say. Oh, that's that's a good one. Polarizing. God damn, seven seven years, Michael, of, of higher literature education. I couldn't think of the word polarizing. I I still don't know anything. Don't 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 don't, <laughs> don't make me out to be smart. <laughs> well, no, my 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 question is, how much are those old vintage dia stars? Because I, I didn't really look into the price of what the vintage watches were. How much, if someone were to look at the watch and be like, yeah, I want it, is it under a thousand bucks? Well, I think if you go to eBay and you type in vintage Rado, it's going to be one of those brands that are, uh, here we go, 765 results. Did you mean vintage radio? 
No, I'm not. <laughs> it's gonna be one of those days, eBay. <laughs> it's it's like when I go when I go on eBay every time and I search for Holios. Um, it's like, did you mean Helios? Which is like another Helios? another like defunct, you know, Swiss brand. Dude, do do you try going to eBay and chopping in Kirovsky or another fucking Russian watch brand? There oh, you you're, go. gonna, you're gonna get autocorrect or a whole lot of Russian propaganda posters. <laughs> so here's a 100% vintage, authentic die star. I'm immediately or... suspicious if this isn't 100% authentic. <laughs> I know, right? This is from India. Um, immediately suspicious. <laughs> 190 bucks. Oh, that's, no way. That's another, that's another topic I wanted to, to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I do remember um, doing the same search. Most of these watches come from India. Yeah, and if I go to their site, some of their brand ambassadors are famous uh, Bollywood models or actresses <clears throat> or Weird. athletes and stuff like that. Like uh, I said, my 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 mom was saying the brand is huge in India or in the India subcontinent area. I have no fucking idea why. Maybe maybe brown folk love over designed watches, overpriced over designed watches. <laughs> it is not unheard of. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I was I was gonna because I remember you saying uh, that your your mom said something like that, but I couldn't remember if this was the brand. Yeah, that was the brand. My, uh, Rada. My mom was saying Rada was very popular because we were trying to figure out what watch my granddad had. So my my granddad <clears throat> when he when he died, he left like a whole bunch of stuff to my dad. My dad just put it in the safety deposit box. He didn't want to look at it. My dad was pretty crushed by it, and it's all still sitting there. <clears throat> and so from my understanding is there's two watches in the safety deposit box one of them is this really random quartz three-hander it's like i've talked about it on the show i've talked about it on the show before yeah, yeah yeah it's like it's some random french it's, it's, it's like pepe le pew i have no idea what this it's like a thin very very square and the second one my mom thinks is <laughs> pepe, either pepe, a, pepe le pew yes i yes. think it's a pepe le pew rich, did you remember when i talked about history. this rich rich wild. <laughs> Certainly, yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Le Pepe Le Pew from the mountains of the Swiss Nankitude. Yes, yeah. of, course, of I th- course. I think Christie's has a dedicated Pepe Le Pew <laughs> uh, auction next month. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna email the director of like Sotheby's and ask him to tell me <laughs> as soon as soon as a vintage Le Toilette de Pepe Le Pew comes into the fucking auction house. I will fly in today and buy that watch <laughs> that, that, that's no joke people he's gonna do it and he's gonna put he's a gonna screenshot do on the Instagram <laughs> <laughs> I will you will have 26 hours of live Instagram stories of me going to buy this this Le Toilet de Pepe Le Pew watch at fucking Sotheby's wherever the I have no, I have no idea where that is I, in New York I guess there's one in New York I don't know they're all in New York <laughs> they're all in New York dude but yeah, no, no. So my mom said the other watch is either an Omega, which was very, very popular in Persia and in the India-Pakistan area, or was a Rado, because Rado is a very, very popular watch hmm. in the India subcontinent. So uh, I don't know what it is. I really hope it's an Omega. <laughs> very possible. I mean, <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> just, just from the search alone, you know, vintage Rado, like the whole first page is from India. So that's like 766 results. Let's see what happens Jesus. if I do U.S. only. It gets cut down to 139 results. Holy shit! <laughs> well, see, the thing is, I've seen I've seen fake watches on eBay come out of India. So is this an instance where we're actually getting authentic watches coming out of India because the brand is popular there, or are all, are all these Indian motherfuckers just faking Rados? I don't know. See, that, that, that's what I'm not sure about. But just given the fact that they actually have 
Bollywood brand ambassadors mm-hmm. and that I have source material confirmation that the watch is popular there. It's possible that they're all just coming out of India. Mad, mad fucking weird. Yeah, there is a vintage model called the Golden Horse. Okay. Uh, and it looks it looks very similar to your Seamaster, by the way. Really? It, it, looks, it looks like a really cool kind of just dressy but still kind of sporty um, time-only watch. Interesting. And you can find them for $75. What's it called? <laughs> the Rado Golden Horse. And there's a purple horse as well. Ooh. So <laughs> this, this, we're, we're digging into some some weird history. <laughs> it's very, it's just, I just don't know why, why India though? What, what resonated with the, was it strategic marketing? I don't know what it is. If anyone has any insight, because I think we have some folks, uh, some listeners who are, who are, who are brown folks. What's up y'all? <laughs> if any of you guys have insight into why the brand is popular, I, cause I don't know. I was born here in the States. My parents are from Pakistan, so I don't know, uh, Anything. I'll tell. I'll tell. One day, I'll tell you guys one of my favorite stories about Pakistan when I was a kid. I told you, Michael, about the horse, right? Is it the horse that was named Kasim? Oh no, that was a camel. Oh, that was that a was camel. A, okay. <laughs> I didn't tell. I didn't tell you about the horse in the garbage dump. No, no. You want to hear a story about Pakistan, Michael? Sure. <laughs> so when I was a little kid, my dad and I were in Pakistan. This is, I, I, I must have been like five or six years old, and we're in this cab and we're driving. And so basically, the way it worked back then, I don't know if it's changed now because I haven't been in years. Is that there wasn't like uh, an efficient way of means of like waste disposal, so the truck didn't go up and down the streets and pick up your thing and blah blah blah. At the end of every street, you basically just dump your trash. You know what I mean? And people either sift through it or people come and take it away or it just returns to the earth. I don't know, but at the end of every street, <laughs> uh, facing like the major road, is just they're just piles of trash. Sweet. <laughs> So I'm in this cab and we're driving by and I'm looking out the window and I'm looking at him like the looking and looking and I look in one particular pile of trash and I straight up see uh, a horse lying dead. The dead <laughs> horse. The horse is no more. The, ho- no. the, the horse the horse is, has gone to Valhalla. All right? this, 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 this noble steed was in the pile of trash. And uh, I didn't really understand because I'm a little—I was five or six years old—and so I say, I say, I say, "Oh, Dad, there's a there's a horse over there. What's the horse doing in the trash?" And my dad looks and immediately goes, "Oh, no, the horse is sleeping. Don't worry about that." And like at that point, the cab had passed. And so, to the five or six-year-old mind, that's it. it. I'm done. Whatever the new world is, what's in front of me? I never thought about that horse ever again <laughs> until I was in like high school. I was in the middle of like fucking algebra or some shit. I was an awful student, so I have no idea. I was in the middle of fucking class, and I'm writing, and I go, wait a minute, that horse wasn't sleeping, the horse was dead, and I was just like, this is fucking awful, and so like that day, I, like, I went home like huffing and puffing, and I waited for my dad to get back from work, and he came home, and I'm like, hey dad, remember when I came here in park, I was driving the cabs, I thought I was trying to sleep, I knew you were dead, you knew your horse was dead, the horse was dead, dad, my dad was like, what the fuck are you talking about, and I'm like, ah, I was so crushed, like the horse died, and someone just flung its poor body into garbage it was a living thing dude you know oh that poor horse so that's my story about pakistan but yeah i mean if anyone has any insight so into you're, why you're saying Rado. you're saying that rado uh, in this part of the world is much like a dead horse in a heap of trash dude i'm saying rado killed that horse and flung its fucking equine corpse into that pile of trash <laughs> that's what i'm saying prove me wrong rado call me 
I want to hear from I want to hear from you guys. We'll we'll be sure to tag them in the episode. <laughs> they they are on Instagram. I'm following them now. I made sure we were following them. <laughs> I found something cool, by the way. Um, What's up? It's a ladies' diastar. Looks to be stainless steel with original um, with original papers. Um, in, really? In the uh, in the U.S. So interesting. I, I don't know if this is a brand that is faked often. Dude, who the fuck um, fakes Arado? I don't know. Um, some people fake Seikos, believe it or not. Uh, really? But, uh, this this is pretty cool. Another thing that we were talking about um, <clears throat> before getting on the show, guys, uh, is the logo. So oh Kat, my god, yes! Kaz Someone and please I, have the answer. Kaz and I are trying to figure out if the Rado Anchor logo spins around. Um depending on how you hold the watch because we're it's we're it's finding either, images where, where yeah. it's in different positions i just want to say i can't tell if it's an anchor or like 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 an erected dog's knotted penis like i don't know i can't quite tell what it is <laughs> it's probably an anchor do i don't why is it an anchor why would they make an anchor on the watch i think i think it's an anchor it's probably an anchor i don't think it's the other thing it <laughs> might be i don't know dude i don't know anything man <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it looks like it spins because it's in different directions in every picture we, we, we've been looking at. Yeah. Um, maybe we can maybe we can contact Tang Wei, award-winning Chinese actress and Rado <laughs> brand ambassador. I'm, I'm pretty sure Miss or Mrs. Tang Wei will hardcore answer an email from the two rope watch knobs. <laughs> Oh yeah, I love your guys' show. Really? You're the one female listener we have? This is incredible. <laughs> or or perhaps Lisa Ray, multi multicultural model and actress. Hmm. I mean, I is know. she is she in the States? Maybe she'll answer our email if, if if she's in the States. Uh Paris and India. That's not the United States. No. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, if someone he, okay, here we go, Michael. If anyone listening has a Rado, can you just shake that motherfucker and tell us if that thing spins? <laughs> that's, <laughs> I think that's the most surefire way of figuring out because I'm – so what I assume – so what the speculation is is that it spins. But what I think is might be more accurate is it's just non-consistent quality assurance. I, I don't just know stick about that, that. I just stick that thing on there and not worry about it. Well, because in the mock-ups that I've seen of the Captain Cook Diver – I've seen them in different positions. Really? um, I think it spins. I think it spins. Whoa. Yeah. This watch just kicked into awesome mode, dude. (laughs) I think the same goes for the Hyperchrome Ultralight Limited Edition. I I, I said this before in the pre-discussion. This might be like the best orological incidence of like that slidey nudie pen. You know that pen where you turn it upside down and the girl's clothing comes off? Yeah. I, I remember sell, those. They sell in like truck stops and shit like that. I think this is like the watch version. <laughs> Do you think that somewhere some guy or gal is running a super esoteric pen blog <laughs> where they also collect those vintage nudie pens? And... I am so certain, bro. I am so, I'm so sure that person exists. <laughs> they got the hula girl. 
They got the cop, the cop girl. You know what I mean? They got like the the the, the same Paul Tanker girl, the girl with the with the beer. I don't know, like the beer tanks tankers. I don't know. They got they, that person's got every nudie watch. You know what I mean? <laughs> with with a rado on wrist. With the rado, they're wearing a rado and they're turning their pen and they're they're watching the clown clown nudes. I'm sure that person's got every fucking nude pen you could think of, dude. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't until I visited the. Um... Oh gosh, what was it? The world's biggest nutcracker museum in Leavenworth, Washington. <laughs> that I realized <laughs> that somewhere somebody is collecting something. <laughs> yeah, there there you go. I remember you talking about that. That that was that was that was pretty cool. <laughs> but uh yeah, maybe we can maybe we can find um a Rado collector or somebody that has you know, had an old one or had a new one and they can yeah. tell us, tell us more about their experience in owning one. And if the, if that damn logo actually spins around, tell, I can't tell I can't us if the logo spins people we really, really want it's it. Why, why is it spin? <laughs> like, like, like was someone in the Rado boardroom from the eighties being like, Hey guys, why would make the logo spin? I don't, I don't understand. Well, you know, people are always putting spinny wheels on their cars. Why doesn't a logo spin? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Why, I mean, why, why not? Why not? <laughs> and after that, all the logos fucking spun. I don't know. You know what I mean? With with all of that said, um, what's kind of like your 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 favorite thing that you've learned about this brand? Honestly, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, but like honestly, my the favorite thing I learned about this brand is that. You can, despite what the MSRP is, if you wait long enough, you can find them on gray market super cheap. Yeah, I didn't even think to look look them up on. Um... You know, that's that's the coolest thing because when we're talking about these watches and you know, oh, like this, this, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, three thousand bucks, like, dude, fuck, fuck everything. Like, what? Why? Why would I pay three thousand bucks for this? If I go into Joba shop or fucking <clears throat> Ashford and it's four hundred, five hundred bucks, oh yeah, I'll do that. You know. But there's also an element of like unpredictability in that, you know? So I don't know. It's it's my favorite thing. I obviously enjoy the fact. So, okay, so my two favorite things, the, the, the fact that they're on gray market. And the second thing is they don't, even though they feel compelled to constantly do different materials and to do sort of fashiony peaches, uh, peaches, <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fashion peaches. So we got hashtag, I'm writing them down. I'll, I'll, hashtag, I'll edit that out. Hashtag, oh no, leave it in there. No, you're leaving it. I won't do anything. (laughs) We have a long and treasured history of not editing anything out of these fucking things. All right. Um, I have hashtag uh, 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 catnado watch, and uh, we have hashtag fashion peaches. But um, but they haven't felt compelled to just do like a plain circular case and like a and like a and like a band with some diamonds like they still feel the need to do something untraditional shape wise i think it's misplaced in the same way a toddler might bring their mom dog food for mother's day mother's day breakfast sure you know what i mean it's like oh this is really sweet but sweetie i'm not a fucking dog yeah you know but it's just i think i think seeing this diver seeing the captain cook come out this year in basel i i think it's going to be interesting i think 
there could be good things on the horizon. I hope. I hope the Captain Cook kind of garners enough sort of attention because they're only doing it limited edition. But if they kind of see the response it gets, maybe they'll start expanding on that line or saying like, hey, let's kind of reach back into our heritage. Everyone else and their fucking mother's doing a heritage watch. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like I said, it's it's like the electric guitar market. You know, Fender and Gibson are always going to go back and say, oh, this is a reissue of a Les Paul that, um, I don't know, Eddie Van Halen sneezed on one time. And that was that was built into the paint. Shut and, up and take my money. <laughs> but um, on, on simple designs, actually, if you get a chance to look at the hyperchrome ultralight which looks just like your seiko snk in a lot of ways oh, okay it is a limited edition and two thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars um Jesus fuck that, that is used that is used in-house movement pelagos money um yeah dude all day they they do have they do have these very some very basic round case time only designs yeah they're they're not all the diastar uh barrel shapes or like weird rectangle shape cases or anything like that but those those are out there but the only ones that i find are limited edition and super expensive right before i ask you what your favorite thing or two things are i i want to make the assessment i think based off this conversation that they just need focus you know what i mean yeah. Instead of doing all these different verticals and all these different watch types, if they just like came came to the table with something that was like true to rod, like so, if they just if they just if they just wanted to make Dia stars, cool. Focus right. on that. You know what I mean? That's that's what I, I feel like. There's just so much. Like, <laughs> yeah. What? I think. I think one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna drop a bomb here. Okay. <laughs> I get them confused with another brand that I know nothing about, oh, called God. called Mido or Mido. Yes, yes. <laughs> are, are they the same brand? Are they different? I don't think. I think they're very different brands. Okay. I think they're both Swiss, though. Should we do the next episode on on, on Mido or Mido? <laughs> Maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll see if this flops or if it doesn't. <laughs> but anyways, um, I think it was fun. I think, I think, I think. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, 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 uh, should we start rounding it out? Is, is it that time? Yeah, I mean, besides, besides that, I, I'm, I too, I'm excited to see where this this goes. Um, I, I do think that they have serious balls to reissue that watch at that. Mm. Um, at those specs, that's you know anybody listening for a while knows that I'm huge um, in terms of that. Uh, yeah, and what I look for in either a dive watch or a vintage-inspired watch or anything. Um, Especially at that price point. At that price point, um, you're still competing with hashtag Oris money, but you know mm. it's 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 interesting, and I think. I think my favorite part is the uh, is the potential that they have. Like you said, if they do focus and kind yeah, of man. figure out what they want to do, and maybe cut down on some of the fat. Uh, I don't know why they have to make so many watches. I don't right? think I don't think it's a department store brand. If they were, like I can understand you have to have like hundreds and hundreds of watches. 
I mean, I guess I can't say anything because Omega came out with like 400 and something new SKUs at Basel this year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But um, is, is, is that true? 400 different ones now? It's it's something. It's a ridiculous number. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The amount of Speedmasters that they make is just out of this world. <laughs> like you're not even thinking about the women's watches that came out because they don't get the same press time. Oh, no, I'm not. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this was a this was a fun experience, and I think um, I don't know where I can find them in person, but I would love to try on one of those Captain Cooks. If uh, yeah, I don't know where that. Does anyone know where we can find? I mean, I've never seen a Rado boutique. I mean, uh, does does store locator? Let's see. I'm sorry. Did you Is say it? Torno? Does Torno have them? I have no idea. Is there a store locator on their website? Okay, so. They're all in Bombay, aren't they? Okay, they didn't even ask me. They they took my location online, and they know that I'm in Seattle. So here we go. Fucking terrifying, dude. Macy's. Okay, maybe they are a department store brand. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so Macy's in Bellevue. That's a uh, that's a rough part of town. Not really. Is it? Is it? Okay. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know your. I don't know your area, man. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe I'll call Macy's. Hey, you got a Captain Cook? <laughs> Who is this? Mike. <laughs> yeah. No last no last name. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh I'm excited to see the potential that they have um especially in 2017 with the introduction of that that dive watch. And I was I was also excited to find um the D-Star 200 diver which is yeah uh, that's super cool yeah so i think um i think maybe this is all we've learned about them i mean it's 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 an evolving process this is the point in the discussion about rado where we kind of look to you guys watch family to sort of just enter the discussion with us if you first of all if you if you if you like the idea of us continuing this segment watch brands we know nothing about definitely let us know um, let us know your feelings on Rado kind of before and after our discussion or if you already know about them and you have gaps to fill in what we talked about totally totally let us know I think it's it's. I want to like them for the, the glimmers of potential I see but the, the, the plate of shit in front of me is making it really hard you know what I'm saying yeah so if you if you had to pick one Rado to wear for a watch fast which Ooh. one would it be if I had to pick one, probably that cat thing cooked. There's something really cool about that watch, man. Oh yeah, super easy. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. That's I. I almost said one of those D stars, but I'm just like, you know, I feel like there'd be a point in time where I, I would just get not tired of it, but I'd be like, oh yeah, okay. But like I'm, with that, the, I might go with the D star just because it's yeah. so slim, but also really sporty. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I know. There's just something about that Captain Cook where I feel like these days, especially, you can do the vintage watch. The vintage dive watch as your dress watch. And oh, you definitely. Can obvious, obviously, yeah. do the vintage watch, vintage dive watch as your everyday watch. Also, you that's know what I mean? that's a whole other discussion. I, I think the idea of a dress watch is kind of silly in some ways. Oh, we know, we yeah. Michael, we know, man. <laughs> I'm gonna find some way to get you to have you buy an Arushi dial. I'm gonna find some. Way. <laughs> But, gold, um, gold hands and everything, dude. 
Yeah, those those are pretty nice. The black dial okay. gold hands. Super yeah. nice, man. But yeah, so watch family. Uh, 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 let us know your thoughts on Robert. Let us know your thoughts in the discussion. Um, definitely, definitely let us know uh, if you have any Rado models. If you have a Rado and you haven't worn it in a while, dude, dust that sucker off, take a picture of it, tag us in it, use the two broke wash knobs hashtag. Like, we, we'd love to see it. Like, I would love to learn more, especially if, you know, in the next couple years, they start doing more things like this Captain Cook watch. Um, I'm excited. Also, if you did like the watch brands, we know nothing about segment, and there are specific brands you want us to talk about, definitely let us know. You can email us at tbws.contact.gmail.com. Again, that's tbws.contact.gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on Instagram. Uh, you can DM us at TubeWokeWatchTimes. Or if you're already on Instagram and you get those show graphics I put together, you can just comment, like leave a comment in there. Just like any brand that you think that you might have heard of and you don't really know anything about, definitely, definitely super open to suggestions. I mean, I just off the bat, I would love to talk about Mido or Mido. I have no idea how it's pronounced. I would love to talk about... Vic- Rado's ugly sister. Rado... <laughs> <laughs> Rado's ugly sister Mido <laughs> presenting a court. Um, I would love to. Tr- I would love to talk about Victorinox or Victorinox, however you say it, because I I I know nothing about that brand. But every time I see the watches and I, kind of, I sort of hear about them, I'm like, oh, this could be kind of cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I don't know anything. The only thing I know about them is they were the source of a fight between my fiance and I. Like my. <laughs> My fi- like straight up, my fiance she she works in 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 a, 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 like a fine dining restaurant in in the, in the in the Disney parks, and we're doing our wedding registry, which is a whole other fucking discussion. Michael, the mm. wedding registry is a whole other goddamn discussion. And she's like, "Oh, I want to put a nice set of knives on there. I'm going to ask one of the chefs in our restaurant." I'm like, "Yeah, babe, you do that." And so she comes home that night. She's like, "Oh yeah, one of the chefs recommended we get these uh this 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 knife brand called called Victorinox," and I'm like, "Psh." Baby, <laughs> baby, you're stupid. Those are watches. Victorinox makes watches. Are you stupid? I never thought I was making a stupid person. And she's like, no, they they make knives. I never seen that stupid. They make like Dumb. everything, man. They make like wallets and stuff. Bro, I, later that night when she was asleep when the fight was done, I was on my phone. I'm googling. I'm like, oh fuck, they make knives too. That's crazy. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I had no fucking idea. It's like it's like Yamaha, dude. They can they'll make they'll make my vibrator and my ATV. Yes, you know what I'm saying. It's yes. craziness. <laughs> so I would love to do an episode on them because I just I just don't understand them. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Watch Family, totally hit us up. Keep doing the wrist checks with us. Tag us in your shots. Use the two broke watch knobs hashtag. If you like the segment, give us ideas for other watch brands you want to hear about. Mike and I already have a list going, but obviously we want to we want to talk about stuff that you guys are super interested, interested in as well. Keep an eye out for the website. We'll, you guys are going to hear when that fucking site goes up, so don't worry about that. Um, am I missing anything? No, yeah. Additionally, if you think that any changes to the segment could kind of help in any way, Maybe we should try it um, under the influence uh, of perhaps exorbitant amounts of alcohol, maybe a little bit of hypnosis as well. Um, I, I will, I will, uh, I don't want to talk about hypnosis. I was at a, uh, <laughs> or whatever what? it's called. Is that, 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 that's like the blue green one or whatever, right? What? Oh no, you're, you're talking, you're talking about actual hypno. I'm not thinking of hypnotic. Hypnotic is like an alcohol. 
Oh no no no! Hypnosis. You're thinking of hypnosis, like actual, like 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 actual, the act of hypnotizing someone. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm afraid I might just cry the whole time, though. You know, possibly. But yeah, if you so, guys, if you guys like the segment, let us know. We'll keep doing it. It's been, it's been a ton of fun, just kind of spending the day researching the brand and um, yeah, man, you know, just having yeah. a casual, having a casual discussion. So um, I think, I think maybe it's a good place to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, don't forget. Um, yeah, yeah, man. You know, take take your shots. Tag us in the shots. Two broke watch knobs hashtag. Uh, keep an eye for the website. Definitely email us. Let us know your thoughts and hashtag catnado watch. Yeah, good. Sounds good. All right, you 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 want to start? Then I'll 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 jump in. Thanks, guys. My name is Mike, and this is Kaz. You're listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. Later, guys.